Hey, and welcome to Beyond Motherhood Radio. I am so honored to share this space with you. Here we'll talk all things motherhood, parenting, relationships, mindset, child development, and tapping into your purpose, all to help you live your most aligned and best life. My name is Brittany, and I am married to my high school sweetheart, a mother to four children under the age of six, a certified parenting coach, and a former elementary school teacher turned stay-at-home mom. I am on a mission to help you raise amazing humans while living your purpose and staying somewhat sane in the process. If you're ready to go beyond motherhood, let's jump in. Welcome back to Beyond Motherhood Radio. I am your host, Brittany LaJoy, and as you might be aware, We're kind of on a little break from new episode releases as we cruise through the holiday season. I say cruise very lightly. We're not cruising. We are (laughs) surviving over here. However, today's episode is a brand new one because if you are a parent, this is important to you. It's everywhere right now, and it's what I want to talk about. Before I dive in today, I do want to make sure that you are not listening with your kids around. I want you to have your headphones in or an empty car because the topic today... uh, you just don't want them to listen to. So I'll give you a few seconds to pop in those headphones or feel free to come back later. Okay, today we're talking about Santa. If you have scrolled through social media at all in the last few weeks, it's everywhere. If you're allowing your kids to believe in Santa, you're lying. Your kids will never trust you again in their lives. Or if you're using the elf on the shelf, you're setting your kids up for entitlement with all the gifts that they leave or high or unrealistic expectations for finding joy or entertainment in life. There's so much of it. And I will lay this out here first and foremost. I don't believe in in these sentiments. So if you're strongly in support of what I just said, like if those quotes or those situations really resonate with you, this might not be the right episode for you, but actually better yet, I do hope you listen and I hope you find some new perspective after just these next 20 or so minutes. There are so many avenues and conversations to have when it comes to the magic of Christmas. No matter my opinion though, or what I have to say here, I'm going to say this really loud and clear. No one knows your family's needs better than you, and you get to decide what or who plays a role in your celebrations or not. Many parents have an ick feeling about Santa. Um, Perhaps they've had an experience as a child that stifled their positive associations, or perhaps parents want to have the credit for the gifts that are left under the Christmas tree on Christmas morning. You might not feel 100% comfortable with the idea of Santa in your home. Um, You might want to keep, you know, Jesus at the forefront of your Christmas celebrations. I'm finding this to be more and more true as the internet takes over the world. There's a lot of pressure to figure out how to do the right things in your family. And it's not easy, but as I will always say, follow what's best for you. As parents, we might find ourselves balancing on the line of imagination or straight up lying. So what's best? Taking Santa out of it, when you engage in imaginative play, dressing up with your child, for example, are you lying about who you are or are you opening up space for them to dream and be creative? In my opinion, it's the latter of those two scenarios. Children are imaginative beings and they exist between these two worlds of truth and imagination. And I truly feel that one of our jobs is to foster that. And, and I, I'm going to erase the word truth, and I'm going to say reality and imagination. And we can do that by engaging in their world and giving them the opportunity to believe. 
However, a little caveat here, if you grew up in a home where dishonesty was present, it might be more challenging for you to celebrate Santa or any other mythical characters. You might want to be more direct and eliminate any experience of dishonesty because of your upbringing, because of your generational patterns, and only you know this. Further, as I just mentioned, I have seen a lot of families who are wanting to get back to the true meaning of Christmas, being the birth of Jesus Christ, and not celebrating Santa. And in my opinion, both experiences can coexist. Again, that's a conversation for your family, just my two cents. Here's a part of the dialogue that I feel very strongly about. Santa and the elf on the shelf do not determine our children's fate on Christmas morning. They do not decide whether or not our children get gifts or are celebrated on Christmas morning. We welcome both the elf on the shelf and Santa into our home, but we do not use them as threats or punishment. We don't talk about the elf on the shelf going back to report on the kids. He's simply there to watch the fun that they have and be a part of the house. He doesn't check in on their behavior or give reports to Santa. However, in previous years, we have done that. And as we learn, as we grow, as our children, I don't like that. That doesn't feel right for me. So this for me goes back to the concept of logical consequences. And it's that simple. If my child makes a poor choice at home and has a hard time after dinner, for example, how in the world would that, that experience determine if they should get a Christmas gift or not, or if they'll get a bad report to Santa? That consequence is simply not logical. Those two situations do not equate. So here's more of what I mean. In our home, we don't use traditional language such as Santa is watching, you better be good, or be nice or you won't get presents. The elf is going to report back to Santa that you're throwing a tantrum, he won't like that. Or you might be on the naughty list this year. We don't have a naughty or a nice list. We don't really talk about the lists at all. And I want to keep it that way. I will say that they are coming home with different language from school. And I knew this was going to happen. But again, we just reiterate what's important to us. And that's kind of what I want to get into next. There's no naughty or nice. There's no list. There's no you better be good. You better not cry. In fact, my three-year-old was listening to the song the other day. And I kid you not, he said, why can't we cry, mama? Like, we better, you better not cry. You better not pout. You get, you know, Santa's coming to town, however that, however that goes. And I turned the music off and I said to him, you absolutely can cry. You can cry when you need to. And that does not mean that Santa won't come. Santa will come if you have a hard day. He'll come if you cry. He will come no matter what. And you don't need to worry about that. I also went into a little bit about how Christmas songs are old. And when they were written, the singers didn't know about children. And they didn't know that children cry because they need something or they're feeling sad. You know, I I went into a little bit of that type of conversation too, but I think he checked out by that time. I thought that this was so insightful and powerful. And I think of this all the time. But when we become parents, we are heightened to everything, even the words in Christmas songs or any other song, to be honest. We're more aware, sensitive, cautious, and opinionated. When we become parents, we quickly figure out how we feel about certain things and what we value. And we sometimes, unfortunately, start to realize what others value as well. This can be a definite cause for a rift in some relationships 
if you have those strong opposite opinions with close people. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, boundaries will be and are your best friend. However, to be fair to both you and this other party who is very opinionated, it is essential to understand that your personal values and family values are going to be coming into play. And before you get defensive against others, you need to really understand what your values are. And here's what I mean by that. When you are faced with a family member who might hold different opinions than you, say they have an elf on the shelf at their house and they use it to threaten your children when they're at their house and you know that that doesn't feel right for your family and your kids, you cannot be wishy-washy about that. It might sound like an honest conversation like, hey, mom, at our house, The elf is visiting just to have fun during Christmas. He's there to watch, but he doesn't decide if the kids get Christmas presents from Santa. And I know that you have a different elf that visits your house, but we don't want that type of messaging for our kids. Our kids are all good kids. And honestly, this is something that I would say in front of my kids too. It wouldn't be something that I would need to like, you know, be quiet about or take my mom to a different room or take a person to another room. I'm not saying it's my mom. (laughs) But just take another person to the other room just to be quiet about this conversation. I would definitely share this in front of my kids. But what I'm saying here is that you can't feel a certain way and not express it to others around you. Again, it feels like shame on you for not holding on to your internal truth, but also unfair to blame a family member for doing something you don't like if you don't let them know that you don't like that. Does that make sense? So shame on you for just not letting them know. You might hear, well, this is my house and I'm going to do it this way. And and then it's up to you to determine, is, is this a strong enough feeling that I don't want my kids to spend time here? Or can I move past this and understand that sometimes my children need to experience different things and the ways that different people do different things and we can talk about it separately? It's your call here, of course. But here's the underlying piece of this whole topic today. When threats, punishments, bribes, or rewards are used to modify behavior, children become codependent on these things in order to do what's right. We talked about internal motivation and external motivation in a couple episodes back, or a handful now, but that's kind of the same idea. We're not using threats and punishments in order to make them be good or do good or make smart choices. It is them that's going to make those choices, whether or not we have an elf or a Santa to determine that. In our home, behavior is always a form of communication. A fictional character does not have the ability or the right, frankly, to modify my child's behavior. Santa and toy elves are not tools for behavior modification. I'm going to say that again. Santa and toy elves are not tools for behavior modification. So if you are having a hard time with behavior modification in your house, let's think about that unmet need that your child is going through and why the behavior is happening. We are teaching our children that their voices, their needs, and their desires, and their feelings matter. We're not going to stifle them and we're not going to tell them that they can't cry or they can't pout. They can't do these things because Santa will see. My kids still believe in the fictional characters, and I will foster that until they don't, to be honest. I look back at my childhood, and I never once thought that my parents were lying to me. And I don't know if that is common for you, but think back about that. I never thought that they were lying to me because we believed in Santa Claus. I remember the magic, the feelings, the smells, and the joy. They were fostering imagination and magic. My mom was really good at that anyways, and so I just, that's what I remember. 
they're not fostering deceit. And I truly believe that. And when my kids don't believe anymore, we will have a conversation. One of my favorite pieces of advice that I always share with parents is to believe your kids. Believing them and listening to them creates that secure attachment that we all seek as parents and caregivers. And I say this because I don't want anyone to think that I don't care about my kids trusting me. I absolutely do. It is literally one of the number one values that I hold is trust within both parties. They trust me. I trust them. I respect them. They respect me. I really, that is like to the core of my being, how I want to raise my children. But I also value kids being kids. And when they're ready for the magic of Christmas conversation that maybe exposes the big guy, I will be ready for it because that's another layer of growing up for kids. And growing up and learning alongside my kids has been one of my favorite things about being a parent so far. The holidays in our home are very special. They're magical. They're full of joy. And they get better each year, to be honest because the magic just grows. We celebrate Christmas, we have an elf on the shelf, and we enjoy speaking of these fictional characters often. But they are not used to tell my children if they are good or bad. All kids are good. All kids deserve holiday magic without the unnecessary pressure or fear of holding back their emotions and feelings in order to potentially get a Christmas gift on Christmas morning. With that, I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Take some pressure off yourself and just enjoy being present over presence. That could be a whole nother topic, but I'm not going to dive into that because I think that you guys have enough to consider as we enter these holiday seasons. Just know that what you feel is best for your kids and your family is right. That is right. Your intuition is correct. So follow that. And also know, and I've talked about this before, also know that your feelings and your opinions on certain subjects can change and they will change over the course of your life in the course of your children's life as they become who they are, who they authentically are. If they are more curious creatures, it might look a little bit different for you. They might want to have this conversation of the holiday magic earlier than you might have imagined it looking for your family. But It's all okay and it's all a learning process and that's why we're here and that's kind of the beauty of being a parent. We get to grow alongside our kids. So I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you next time. Take care. Hi friends. I just wanted to pop in. I know the episode just ended but I thought I would give a little bonus clip here because I know a lot of you are struggling with how to approach Santa and gift giving. That is always a really tricky subject around the holidays because we know that our kids get information from various different outlets. They talk when we're not around. They're around other kids. They're around other situations. And they're getting input from all different types of avenues, not just us. So I wanted to share with you what we do for gift giving and incorporating Santa. And it might be helpful for you. We've done it for you know, as long as my my oldest son is now seven. So we've done it for six years or so. And it's really worked for us. This is not how I was raised personally around the Santa gift giving. I actually don't quite remember how that used to work, but I know that this was not it, but it's worked for us. And so if you needed a way to start to think about gift giving and Santa, here's what we do. Um, so Santa in our home brings one gift per child and the rest of the gifts that they receive 
are from us as parents. And we do five gifts per kid. Honestly, this is the first year where I've thought maybe five is a little too much because it just feels like excess. And I know a lot of you are feeling that same way now with like the inflation and just the amount of stuff that we have in general. We do a lot of decluttering before the holidays. We do a lot of decluttering anyways. We do a lot of donations, but it still just feels like a little bit of an excess. So who knows what that might look like in the years to come. But for now, we have five gifts for each kid, one gift from Santa, actually four gifts from each kid, excuse me, and then one gift from Santa. So they get five gifts um, each. And our kids are also at an age where the size of the gift matters. So this year I have made an effort to make sure that each kid gets one larger gift that won't necessarily fit in wrapping paper. Like my oldest son is getting a new suitcase. Uh, He's very, if you've been around a while, you know that he loves to pack things up and take imaginative trips and regular trips. He just loves that. Um, So anyways, that is kind of how we approach that. Again, our kids know that they get one gift from Santa, so they're really um, intentional about what that gift is, and it's never been a grandiose thing. They're not asking for something crazy. They're asking for a unicorn toy or a green motorcycle toy, Uh, and they're specific enough, and my oldest son wants a Pokemon pillowcase, so they're specific, but they're not crazy asks, if that makes sense. And that feels good. It's worked well so far. Um, and that might work well for you. Also, their their Santa gifts come in wrapping paper that's different than the rest of the wrapping paper. I think that's pretty obvious. But I've also kept the same wrapping paper from Santa for all of the years that we've wrapped gifts. So I have large, multiple large rolls of this certain paper. And then the rest of the paper for uh, the rest of the gifts are, you know, designated to each child. They each get their own type of paper. Um, And we also do a couple of family gifts as well, games or things of that sort. So if it's helpful, I hope it is. If it's not, that's fine too. Do your own thing. But I just did want to add that little bonus and share what we do. All right. Take care. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you love this episode. And if you did, would you please share it with another mom friend? We cannot support each other enough these days. And perhaps sharing this podcast will bring some light to someone else in your life. Feel free to leave a rating and review so we can continue to have these important parenting conversations together. With that, I'll see you next time. Take care.